listened to episode 10 of the Larry Weekly. Yes, it's already our 10th episode, um, and for that reason, we decided to make a live episode. I'm Britt, and today's episode is brought to you by me, Sufian, and a special guest. Um, today's episode will be a live episode on closeting in the industry. So bring your snacks, call your friends. It's going to be an epic one. Um, if you want to ask us any questions, to jump in and then just explain something from your point of view, quote something, or just express, like I said, your opinions, um, tweet us at hashtag uh, TLWLive and we will answer everyone we can. Thank you. Before we start, no shout out to the to all the members of the Supreme Court. Uh, just because, as Olivia Rodrigo said, we kind of hate you guys. Like, <sighs> not kind of, just hate you. Um, but shout out to all the organizations, demonstrators, abortion centers, every person concerned fighting back for the abortion right. And um, just to be, like, super real and honest, we're very, very sorry for what is happening in the USA um, and what happened in the USA less than a week ago. Um, yeah, abortion is a fundamental right. Um, no one had the t- right to take this away from us because of your personal beliefs. Uh, we all know it's a pro-birth and not a pro-life. Um, otherwise, we would focus on education, equality, inclusion, health for those babies to have a good life, but it's just not the case. Um, women and people concerned by abortion deserve protection. And we all know it's not going to stop abortion. It's just going to make it unsafe and um, fatal. So this episode is dedicated to the abortionfunds.org. So please give even if you have one cent. And we believe in you. We believe in us. We will fight back. It was the kind of little propaganda moment. We're not from the USA um, personally. But I, I think that everyone was kind of like shocked by what happened and being able to bring attention to it and bring support from anywhere is just really important to be able to do so putting it on the platform just for us to be able to say that obviously we're all fighting this fight for you guys as well yeah and we have like a few followers so it's also cool if we're using this platform for like yeah um useful stuff like i mean Talking about closeting in the industry is also useful. And that's also why we're doing this episode today. So the little plan for today, if you want to know, if you want to go in, go out, you do you. Um, So the first part will be uh, history of closeting in the music and entertainment industry. The second part will be how does it relate to Larry. And the third part will be um, how does closeting work, contracts, um, all of this, that like difficult part will be done by Tina. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. of course we'll have like breaks between each part. We'll do like speed rounds, answer questions, discuss about different point of views. Definitely like f- feel free to just jump in and just, yeah, express your opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we promised you a special guest tonight. So here she is. Please welcome Tina. So at Tina twenty eight L H on Twitter. 
Yeah. So, I mean, the subject of closeting is super complex. And so, yeah, we wanted to have people that really knew about the subject. And uh, I, I talked with Tina. Um, the discussion that we had were like was, like, so interesting. And I felt like she really knew a lot. And she also um, filled the forum to be a guest. If you want to film the forum, definitely feel free. It's in the link tree in our bio um yeah and it works because tina is now a guest yeah. <laughs> yeah um tina do you want to like i don't know um present yourself do you have something sure. to say <laughs> i mean nothing planned but i can always say stuff no i'm i'm excited to be here i think closeting in the music industry is something i've kind of done a lot of research on um I was in the music industry for a little bit. I'm not going to go into that too much. It's not what I do now. Um, but I was also a huge NSYNC fan. I might be aging myself a lot, but I went through all of this with like Lance Bass. And whenever I found Larry, it just like struck a chord with me that I've went through with so many artists in the past. And so when I dug a little bit deeper, it's just something that like, I appreciate their music on such a different level and as artists, but then like hearing their story, it's just something that I think needs to be told and closeting is something that people are aware of, but I don't think they really get the extent of it and how like common it is in the entertainment industry. So I just think it's something that like everybody really could learn more about myself included. And there's so many people in this fandom that have so much good information and so many people are so knowledgeable. And I think if we just keep getting that out there, it'll spread and it'll be great. It'll lead towards really good things. So. Oh my God. I told you she was like super interesting. <laughs> I could have never said that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No issue. <laughs> We're so happy to have you as a guest. So please do you if you want to go crazy. Um, That's okay. (laughs) It's a safe place for us. Just like Harris concert, you know, like we just, yeah, are trying to. (laughs) I think there is a request. So, Harris. I think the thing is, it's such a sensitive matter to bring up, like closeting mm-hmm. and stuff. And a lot of people will deny it because obviously mm-hmm. they don't know the ins and outs of the industry, especially sort of like not to stereotype, but a lot of solos will be like, oh, well, this is outrageous. Why would they do that? But that's the thing. They don't really know the extent of it all and how like hard like management will push to maintain the image of a singer in order to rake in the money and rake in the sort of revenue right definitely yeah it's a business at the end of the day and I'll I'll kind of touch on that later probably but I think it's also a sensitive subject because not only closeting in the industry but just being in the closet in general so like even if they're not being forced to they're still coming to terms with themselves as people so we don't even know at what point the closeting is coming from you know it's just such a nuanced subject outside of the industry just like in the world you know so it's hard it's a hard one to talk about and I think that's why some people stray away from it a little bit but 
I think another thing, it comes with fame as well. Mm-hmm. Like you could feel comfortable with yourself and then as soon as you hit the spotlight, you're constantly getting like rude mm-hmm. remarks and comments at you, which almost forces you back in. Right. And that can be difficult for a lot of artists who had themselves in a place where they were comfortable with who they were. And then obviously hearing people say like that they don't agree with it and they no longer support them because of that can really affect them mentally and career-wise right and everything is magnified yeah but like it also like goes with i think the image just you know like the Mm -hmm. celebrity just has to be um this perfect person that obviously they are absolutely not but yeah image is pretty much everything in the hollywood industry i believe yes yes Yes. I think another another thing is is like so for example a lot of people will bring up the fact like singers like Girl in Red and stuff who from the beginning of their career have explicitly stated their sexuality Mm. and stuff so that kind of becomes a trademark for them but obviously for people like Harry and like Louis like they didn't really make it known like the first what six years like they didn't explicitly say it out loud which is then sort of where that whole image of them being heterosexual and purely into women comes along and then if they were to say anything differently then that's when they'd sort of come with a lot of backlash yeah and I don't want to jump around too much but just we've mentioned image a lot and in terms of their contracts, they're completely, their image is completely controlled by the contract. And there was Britain's Got Talent's contract that got released. And it was saying that they can adapt, change, alter, like your entire image. So they own all of that. So regardless, even if Harry and Louis were out at that point, as soon as they signed into that contract, whatever image that their team and the record label like want them to have, they're essentially going to have to have that image. So they have control of that. So it's a, it's like, I forget which one of you said it, but it's like you're almost forced back into the closet. Even if you knew who you were, once you hit that spotlight, you're almost forced back in. Um, Exactly. And um, I think it was the brother group Jedward who were on the X Factor a few years back like outwardly came out and said that they'd caught glimpses of both little mixes on one direction's mm-hmm. contracts because obviously they had to sign one as well and they both stated that the amount of control the management had on the boys and the girls were like ridiculously tight and they weren't allowed to do or really say anything that breached that contract without facing legal issues. Right. I'll try and find the tweets. Right. In Tina's part, I think um, that will be like a lot about um, contracts and details. Mm-hmm. So it might be super interesting to stay on. But the first yeah. part <laughs> is about history of closeting in the music industry and entertainment industry. And it's done by me, obviously. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's, it's still, I'm, I'm doing that. But definitely feel free to just go with the discussion and everything. Um, yeah, so I think that a, a lot of persons or believe that closeting is not a real thing or believe that uh, it's, it's uh, something that 
is not happening now. Um, and I mean, it's true that, uh, like, homosexuality took a long time to be accepted on screen. And I mean, the music and entertainment industry has been, like, homophobic and just, like, LGBTQA phobic for a really long time, I believe. That, that there was, like, this code, which is, like, the motion picture production code, which um, basically bared the depiction of any kind of sexual perversion or deviances, which homosexuality fell under at that, this time. Um, yeah, and during the Second World War and the subsequent Cold War, Hollywood increasingly depicted gay characters as sadists, psychopaths, antisocial villains, or victims who committed crimes due to their, to their homosexuality. I don't know if you um, studied cinema for a bit, but like I, I know that in a lot of old movies especially, um, our teachers were told us that, um, yes, a lot of those villains were depicted as homosexual. Like, I mean, it was not... It, it, it was not, like, the main point of it, but, yeah, it was, like, super stereotypical. So, uh, yeah, and that's after, like, the... Um, so, 1969 Stonewall's riots in uh, New York City and its catapulting of the gays for liberation movement that Hollywood began to look at gay people as a possible consumer uh, and so include them in movies... Uh, mainly through square baiting at the time. Yeah, and then we can just say hello to Teen Wolf, Sherlock Holmes, and the list goes on. Um, yeah, a lot of square baiting in those shows, even now. Um, yeah, and so when you think of it, like the first big roles of queer people were only made in like the 60s. So it's like 70 years ago. Um, and I mean, Hollywood is a privileged industry, so the people who chose those cards are basically still in power now. Yeah, like, um, a lot of people, I think, believe that it's it's not happening now. But I mean, it it's still super recent. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the Hollywood industry and just, like, golden age is super recent so that's why why it's still something that is happening now yeah and it's not only just it's not only just like films and movies and stuff as well it's with a lot of like literature as well because i'm very big on reading and like i've got quite a lot of old queer books written in the early 20th century or even the 19th mm-hmm. century and um, a lot of those books were actually not allowed to be published until not even 10 years ago because of how, like, hidden from the public they were because, obviously, of their homosexual undertones, which a lot of people just didn't think were appropriate for people to be reading and consuming. And a lot of those books... Honestly, I think some of the best like pieces of writing I've ever read. So there's a book called Maurice written by E.M. Forster, which is actually what My Policeman is based off. It's based off E.M. Forster's love story with um, his partner. And that book wasn't publicised, I think, till 40 years ago. And it was written really early in the 20th century. But it's the thing, like, when it comes to sort of books with 
LGBTQ sort of themes in them, they don't want them publicised because they're not appropriate. Obviously now it's different, like with the world being slightly more inclusive. But it's just, it's almost shocking how long it takes for things that are natural to be normalised. Like if you think about it, sort of homosexuality was a normal thing back in the Greek and Roman time. Like you were seen as superior if you were a man who dated men or were like committed sort of sexual acts with men and then for some reason it was criminalized and like it made illegal during sort of 16th 17th 18th and 19th century and only recently has it become sort of normalized and i just think it's ridiculous really how long it's taken yep, yep. no really Really, really, really. It, it kind of helps me to jump into my next point, which is um, Tab Hunter. So um, in the Hollywood industry, like the old studio system, so basically closeting in the music industry, was also called, called the Tab Hunter situation, which was a really famous actor in the 50s in the Hollywood industry during the Golden Age. Um, and he was closeted. He came out publicly in 2000 uh five yep and and i mean so he he came out like in a book also and he said that it was just like impossible for him to come out as a gay actor especially because he was also you know um really famous and really handsome so yeah just hollywood was using his um image it's it's yeah like the hollywood is it's still pretty recent industry and it's terrible yeah i think tab hunter it was a movie right too like yeah he did tab a movie. Hunter, it's like about like his closeting i think i don't yep, know enough about definitely. it i'm not gonna pretend like i do but <laughs> it's um i will join it because i know we're saying that like the history of it and we've come so far but then like we haven't actually even came that far yet um i mean you can still see in shows even like glee and like shows that like are trying to be inclusive with like queer characters like they're still like that's their whole persona and i think like we're just now starting to see like i just watched the umbrella academy and like they dealt with elliot page coming out as trans in a very like i thought it was like an eloquent way to do it but it's one of the first times that i've seen that they like don't make a big deal out of something and i think like it's we're still very far away from it not being a huge thing <laughs> in the industry. So. Exactly. Because, um, like, talking about Glee, I honestly, that show, I've been watching it for years. Yeah. And, like, just the whole theme like, of that show, I mean, it was it was a school choir and they sang musical theatre shows. Like, it couldn't be. Right. <laughs> right. Like, that, yeah. that was, like, that for me was, like, the first time I'd see the sort of, like, I mean, it was quite stereotypical for mm-hmm. it being, obviously, filmed in 2009. But um, just, like, seeing that televised was sort of the first time I'd seen it, like, normalised in television obviously again with the high school stereotypes probably didn't help with that and like the whole like Kurt's character itself was a bit too much for me um Mm -hmm. but like just the representation in general I think was 
amazing and like 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 you said with more recent shows like especially with stranger things seeing the struggle of like will and his sexuality on screen is something i think a lot of people can like empathize with and again like link because it's obviously based in the 80s like it really does show the sort of like prejudice and how like you're constantly mentally battling with yourself to sort of be like i don't want to really be this way because it's not it wasn't considered normal like it like if you were gay you were you weren't right back then and obviously like as you mentioned with Umbrella Academy like the way they introduced Elliot Page's character it was just and the fact that everyone was accepting of it as Mm -hmm. well in the show and in real life it just shows how far we've come but there's still a long way to come until we're finally you know at the finish line especially with Roe v Wade being overturned and then them wanting to obviously (sighs) outlaw queer marriage as well which doesn't yeah help the case whatsoever it truly does not <laughs> yeah as someone who grew up in florida i appreciate you guys initial statement because it's a it's hit very close to home recently and everything's going backwards over here so i might be coming to live with you guys soon <laughs> <Okay>. come come <laughs> this room is fine <laughs> yeah i would like that yeah, no, but that that that's so true actually about like um movies and series that are, you know, only talking about the fact that uh, like about gay characters because they're gay, like I mean, not talking about them because they're gay, but like yeah, the only person is, is around the fact to be gay. Uh yeah, like I can just remember a lot of series, you know, like on Netflix or anything. I'm just like, you know, like you're a bit frustrated because like especially when you when, when you want to uh like empathize with the um character because you know you feel close to uh the that yeah the person because you know i mean uh you have the same struggles or you have like the same uh orientation or or i don't know but yeah just so frustrating sometimes because you cannot empathize with them because like i mean there's nothing to empathize with except their um sexual orientation i mean it's basically the only thing you talk about and I mean of course it's important to have some movies about this subject but um all of the last movies that were like just really liked by the audience and that got prices and just awards and everything were like movies that were really hard um about gay persons but it's never about um gay persons being happy and I think this is also why you know Heartstoppers um, worked so well because it was like a cute you know um, romance and yeah I think this is what a lot of people needed and never got in their yeah childhood yeah I mean personally like coming from someone who lives in England um, and has seen sort of homophobia in secondary schools I mean the Heartstopper I started reading Heartstopper comics back in like sort of the end of 2020 and was really excited for the series to come out and like yes the series did show a lot of representation and it was like fairly accurate to how sort of queer people in British secondary schools are treated I mean I didn't really like the series because I just think the acting was a bit naff but like that's my own opinion and I won't force that on anyone else but um I just think like it definitely was sort of more of a 
broader like representation for the queer community because like that's that's the thing like you were saying with sort of tv shows with gay characters they never really show the struggle that they have to go through for self-acceptance and acceptance of those around they only show the yas queen slay side of like mainly just gay men and it's like it's kind of cringe sometimes because like that's not how all gay men act stop um what i mean like most of the shows with that in like were obviously made like pre-2010s era but um i think like that do you know that netflix show q force that was released like last year and it was like an animated series full of like just game and that really didn't help because that was just again just the whole yas queen slay side of gay men and it was just made into a animated series and i was just like what the actual hell is this like what are you doing i i don't know the series but um yeah definitely agree with everything you said i think and and talking about series my last point was actually about uh mini series on netflix um yeah i just like wanted to give the example of hollywood which is like um uh, yeah, mini series that was released on Netflix maybe like one year, two years ago. I don't know. It was released some times ago. Anyways, um, yeah, I think that um, it's like a really interesting mini series that is um, also just like depicting, um, I think, the Hollywood industry. And I mean, it was done by Netflix. So it's not like you could say, you know, it's something that people fantasize over their head because, I mean, is also supposed to be accurate um so yeah the whole um series is just exploring hollywood just after the second world war where traditional power dynamics in the american film industry are systematically dismantled and racism and homophobia are assigned as a dustbin in history just like wikipedia said which for once is pretty well explained i think um yeah and 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 in this uh mini series you can follow two uh main characters which are closeted um rock hudson which is actually a real person uh one of the most famous actors of the golden age um yeah and it was pretty known um in the industry that he was gay but he was absolutely not um outside of the closet at the time out just and also there is another uh main character which is closeted which is richard samuel uh which is inside of the series a studio executive of um a studio yeah but like i just think it's like a really good mini series that is um yeah if you if you're like interested about the subject you can just like jump in and watch a few episodes and i think it will just show you a bit how the industry works and also um i was super shocked when i uh watched it of how did they chose to change rock hudson image like they changed his name they changed who he was entirely from beginning till end and yeah i think it's also important to see it from this perspective like in in a movie maybe will make more sense than just reading about it so yeah little recommendation if you have nothing to um see right now
yeah, like about sort of closeting in the Hollywood industry, there's actually a really good book that sort of talks about that. I don't know if anyone's read it. It's called the um, I think it's the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, and it's about sort of this. Um, I think she was Hispanic. I cannot remember. I read the book like two years ago. No, not even that. Like last year. And basically, it was about how she changed her whole identity and sort of married seven men and then on the side she was also dating a woman who i think she worked with on one of the, again i read this book ages ago so i've probably not got the best memory on it but um it was heartbreaking and i think i cried for about four days after reading it but um yeah it did sort of show sort of like the closeting and stuff of queer people in the Hollywood industry and I think that if obviously you haven't read it you should definitely read it thank you yeah I love um little recommendations about this and yeah we just talked a bit with Tina about it I think that after this um live we'll probably do like a big thread of all the different uh, books recommendations or like articles that we used if you want to know more because like it's really deep subject we're not like gonna lie for I mean for 24 hours on it and I mean we could even go further in the discussion yeah so um yeah if then you're super interested and you really want to know more about the subject definitely feel free to do so should we do a little break do you have anything to add guys to no i was gonna say i do have a lot of threads and stuff bookmarked just for myself so i'll share that with a bunch of people or with everyone whoever wants to read them i'll share it all so love that (laughs) absolutely amazing yep do you have anything to as maybe on what I said, or does anyone in the live has some, I don't know, some um, questions or thoughts to add to the discussion? Tina, do you want to add something? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we went, there's a, so much to talk about on all of this, and I think it's true. Yeah. there's so much to cover, so we could talk forever on everything, we probably. <laughs> we could, and that's terrible. <laughs> right, exactly. It's not a happy thing that we can talk so much but it's I mean it's interesting and it's good we are yeah yeah I think it's definitely important to just bring awareness on those subjects even if yeah as we talked about it can be a bit I think um hard and uh yeah just heavy subject but that is also for I mean a reason it's not only heavy for us but it's also heavy for the people who are closeted that's why we're doing this um speaking of whoever ad, uh yeah um about the netflix series that about hollywood um darren chris he was in glee um he played i cannot remember <laughs> um, yeah and he did actually state in a few articles like literally about what two three years ago that he wouldn't no longer play like queer characters in shows because he couldn't feel like he could add like the authenticity into those roles as other queer actors and actresses 
could because that's that's another thing is a lot of shows will cast non-queer actors as their main actors and actresses because they want like the more famous the person the more money it brings in so they end up casting like straight heterosexual people to play those roles which again is sort of not showing the representation of the community that it should be for a show that is mainly queer based yeah and it's also for lack of better terms it's also a little hypocritical when we're talking about closeting in the Hollywood industry but then yet there's not a lot of exposure for queer actors but a lot of queer actors aren't allowed to be openly queer so it's like this big circle of if they were allowed to be or if it was more acceptable to be openly queer and if they could get the same amount of roles as they could you know portraying themselves as straight or appealing to the general public they might be able to get better roles in that situation but then they're a straight person playing a queer character so like it's this ongoing thing that just doesn't make any sense exactly and that's the thing I'm really excited for about my policeman is that all, like the three main roles are played by queer actors yes. whether they've stated their sexuality or not it doesn't matter but the fact that they have brought in that inclusivity to a film where it is obviously queer based I did find sort of very like well played on their part yeah and the fact that they're openly talking about it I think is a game changer that whole movie is going to be a game changer so I know I'm going to cry throughout the whole yes. thing Yes, 100%. 100%. Sam, did you want to jump in and say something? Hi. <laughs> Hi, it's it's Sam for, if people yeah. don't know, it's another of our podcasts. I'm one of the admins, but I have to come in late. <laughs> um, and I have to leave soon because I'm busy. But um, I just wanted to say, like, what Tina said, like, to add on to what Tina said. Um, like, to me, it seems like they're honestly only using the queer community, like, to their advantage or not to their advantage but like when they want to you know so like it's only okay for certain people to like be gay when they say so like you know um and it's just I feel like it's so like you said hypocritical like they're like oh yeah we support the community whatever but then when they actually want to be themselves when you know it's not a part of like a show or whatever they're not allowed to which like to me like but doesn't add up. Exactly. They only support gay people when it suits them, when it brings them money, when it brings them fame, when it brings them popularity. It's only for when they see fit. And then Mm -hmm. as soon as it doesn't bring the hype that they want, they cast it aside and then something comes out about them saying one thing or another and then blah, 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 blah. And Mm -hmm. it's all just a big disaster. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's similar to I mean Pride Month when you see every company out there. I don't want to go too much on a tangent, but it's very much related. When you see every company start having rainbows and it's great to be supported, but then like today's July second and so like now all of a sudden it's all gone. You know, so it's kind of it's used whenever it can make them money or it can be used for marketing and precisely so have, like 
if you if you really cared about the community then speak out on the injustices add pe- like sign petitions donate money to charities don't mm-hmm. change your profile photo and then say mm-hmm. we support all gay people and then say nothing else about it yeah like, or yeah. change your profile picture but then keep it for the rest of the year you know yeah. like <laughs> do more than just you know for that one mm-hmm. month but that that is a tangent that i could also ramble on forever but it's still very relevant. It's it's a it's still homophobia and closeting in the industry because it's such yeah. a norm that it's not as accepted still. So that's a barrier that has to be broken. Precisely, and it's not mm-hmm. just sort of co- like the LGBTQ community. They're profiting off either. Do you remember like throughout? last year's sort of like the whole black lives matter movement where for five minutes everyone talked about it and then as soon as it didn't suit their company's image or it didn't profit they they didn't profit off it anymore everyone just stopped talking about it yeah oh my god that is so true uh and i think just about also just what you said in general i think the uh capitalization of just lgbtq plus people is so incredibly harmful to the community because it makes them just appear as a kind of like um trend that is going on or yeah that's also why i think a lot of people believe that um you know like lgbtq plus people are just like influenced by others or anything i think it's mainly also because of brands are using it just for one month and then never talking about it and just like you said Aries, um, um, yeah, just as you said, you know, they, they, they should do more, like, yeah, just give money if you really care about it, like, you're at your multinationals, you, you can do things about it, but you just chose not to, you're just choosing it for, like, a marketing image, and then letting it go. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's queer baiting, honestly, at this point, like, it is. Because it's so performative, like, they're doing stuff and saying stuff, but only for a limited amount of time, and then after, like, June, like, that's it. Like, we don't exist anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's yeah. not making them money anymore. And that's yeah. ultimately, like, the end of the day, it's a it's a money-making industry, and that's what they care about. Yeah. But it, when it does make them money, then they're all for it. So, and that's a lot yeah. to do with you know, if I talk about contracts later, um, it's the same thing. It's all a business. And until that machine and business is broken, like they're way too powerful to kind of change it. Right. But that's why we're talking about it because hopefully we can make a change. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Weekly, changing the world. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, sorry, can I add something? Um, of course. <laughs> okay, I don't know if y'all talked about this before, but I just want to say, like, I feel like we're also, now that we're more aware of, like, closeting and stuff, I feel like, um, you know, because of that, there's more, like, queer shows and, like, movies, and, I mean, I don't want to say there's a lot, like, there's so, like, it's only a few right now, but the impact that queer shows have now is so much more I feel like than they used to um like Heartstopper for example like that's so big now and I feel like that's so big I mean like that's like really important to the community because 
a show about, you know, like gay people being that big and like getting that many like viewers and stuff is like, it makes people more accepting of us, I feel like. Because I've seen stories of like homophobic parents and stuff, like not being homophobic anymore because, um, you know, they have this visual representation of what it's actually like as opposed to what, you know, these like half assed brands making it seem like. Um, because like we said, they only talk about it for a month and then it's like, they don't exist anymore. So when there's a show that like shows the full, like, I don't want to say the full story, but like, you know, it just shows a glimpse of like what it's like, then it helps people be more accepting of us. And then it also helps, you know, these money chasing freaking managers see like, oh, other people are gay. Like they actually exist. Let's not be assholes, you know? (laughs) That's, that is the big problem, though, is that, like, the the bigger things become, like, the more companies and, like, production teams find they can make money off it. And mm-hmm. I think that it, like, <clears throat> sorry, pardon me, it comes with its flaws, really, because, yeah. yes, we want representation, but there is also a going overboard with it, again, mm-hmm. like, with the whole stereotypes and then, obviously misinterpretations of what queer people are actually like mm-hmm. and i think it that's the problem because like as much as i love seeing people be able to like be who they are freely and stuff there are people who mm-hmm. take advantage of that for their own benefit which then puts shame on us more than it does them most of the time because of yeah. the interpretation mm-hmm. it's like half-assed representation definitely true and i talked about um heartstopper a bit before and I was like oh Sam is definitely going to be interested about that yeah. <laughs> and you jumped in right after so I think you were cold yeah <laughs> yeah I joined on my Heartstopper account first and then I was like oh wait wrong fandom and then I switched <laughs> great yeah. that's amazing well here I am I love that uh, the next part that we wanted to talk about was and I guess we've spoken a little bit about it already um but how exactly it relates um, to the boys. And obviously, um, as Tina mentioned before, the contracts and that, it it, uh, it honestly really does play a big role in all of it, um, is the contracts that they have to sign, um, the management that Harry is still under. Like we have in the Howard Stern interview where he asks Harry um, if he could imagine still being under the same toxic management and Harry's only response is that he still is and I think that says a lot about um about them still being unable to actually come out in like we mentioned before being in those glass closets because it's we can see it he's just legally not allowed to say it which um again then factors into the way that he helps fans come out at concerts um and just his whole persona in the the way he words how he helps them come out I think it's really really a big thing to have a look at in there just his word and and the whole freedom and falling to his knees and that waving the flag above his head means that they're out and you know how many times has he done that and how many times has he thanked us for um for being that safe space and like like you said what was it thank you for listening thank you for understanding thank you for accepting in that last speech and that's just I think it explains a lot to be honest yeah yeah that like phrase that was big 
Like I'm, I'm so proud of him, bro. <laughs> Same. <laughs> you know the music industry. They're just not allowed to say. And yeah, it's obvious in a lot of things, in interviews with other celebrities and people who have spoken out, like Rebecca Ferguson. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen any of what she's been tweeting about them. Yep, I love, I love her. She's a real one. Yeah, Yeah. yes. Everyone should follow her if you're not. Yes, definitely. Wait, um, to those who, like, don't know who Rebecca Ferguson is, so basically Rebecca Ferguson was a contestant on X Factor at the same time as One Direction. Um, and I think, I forget, she, she got, like, second or something, second place, um, or first, but I don't know. Yeah. We um, got second, we got third. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and um, then, <laughs> sorry, um, and then, yeah, they got, like, close and stuff, they became, like, good friends, um, there's, like, pictures of them, whatever, and, um, she also talked about, um, oh, yeah, she was, like, signed under Psycho, um, like records, whatever, Simon. Um, and so, you know, she was with the same label as One Direction and so she knows what they went through and so now she's trying to like sue them, I guess, or something, but she's trying to speak out on basically what Psycho did. Um, and she's been tweeting about like um how like toxic and shit that label is. <laughs> um, and she was like, There won't be any like um what was it? no more like confusing people's sexualities or sexualities or something um and like no more um oh fuck Uh, but it was like basically like a bunch of tweets about their toxic behavior as a label and um especially with like younger artists and yeah and she's like pretty much i want to say not the only person but the most vocal person talking about what simon and the record label did and she's been like talking about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, she's really, yeah, really, really uh, famous. I really like her. We got another request that I accepted. And I just wanted to say uh, one last thing like the last tweet that I um, shared. I don't know if that was what you were looking for, Britt, but I think, I think it is like a really good tweet. Um, for what we talked about, like, just the fact that, um, you know, Harry is not only close to the LGBTQ plus community, I think that, um, yeah, we can just all agree that he is a part of it. And, yeah, this last week, just, like, um, from Louis at Home 28 is really interesting. Like, Harry made a speech um, because he isn't a lo- in the lie. He's a part of the community which the attacks were targeted on he felt the pain he has experienced the homophobia and if you guys won't realize you are a part of the problem one said Cass do you maybe want to say something because I just accepted your hey. hi yeah hi um hi. I just wanted to I was just gonna add one little thing about um Rebecca Ferguson because um one thing that I, I really like about her is the fact that um, when Harry was dating Caroline Flack, um, she was one of the people that came out and spoke up about it and said that she didn't think it was right. Like yeah. She's always been down 
from the get-go. Yeah, because it's not. It's like Harry was like a child, bro. <laughs> yeah. And I think like her being close to them and speaking out about it just says a lot to the mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. That's all. Thank you for adding. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Like, because you're so right. And it's different when it's someone that was, like, actually friends with him. Like, it's not, like, a clout-chasing person or, like... Because we see that a lot, honestly. Like, I call it Larry-baiting. But, like, we see that so much with brands and, like, people trying to bring Louis and Harry into everything. Because they know we're fucking... We're going to chase after whatever they said. And they just use their names to their advantage. Oh, my God. Um... Thank you for talking about it. Because, but, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, like, um, yeah, I think it's so true. I don't know if you can hear me well, by the way. I've just yeah. put my headphones yeah. out. Perfect. Um, yeah, I, I still can't remember what, I, what we were talking about. <laughs> okay, my memory is absolutely terrible. Um, I just added a tweet of Rebecca. Um, Ferguson. And- for um with HL Daily. If anyone wants to go check that out for when um I don't know if you guys remember but when her um song the music video for the song ended up on the One Direction channel on YouTube. <laughs> mm, I cannot remember yeah, that. Yeah, I remember that. And it had like lyrics to a different song. It was very suspect and then she was like talking about yep. how she doesn't know how it got there like it was very interesting. Um, and I also, just speaking on Rebecca Ferguson, because the, their contracts are almost probably going to be the same. Of course, like, Louis and Harry in One Direction, I'm sure, went on to sign, like, more contracts and renegotiations because they went on to be, you know, huge. But they were on the X Factor the same exact year as Rebecca Ferguson. And she talks about it being you know, trying to, I don't know if she signed a 20-year contract or they tried to get her to sign a 20-year contract, but just the stuff that she's came out with and, you know, hers, she tried to get out of it at the very beginning. You know that there's, there's so much that's wrapped up into theirs. So, and I mean, I was going to speak on that later, but just since we were on the Rebecca Ferguson part, like, it's like once you sign one contract, it just snowballs after that. So like one turns into another and you can't talk about the first one. And then once you sign the second one, and that's why when people say that, like, you know, they're not under the same management anymore and they're not under the same label and they're not in their contracts anymore. We don't know that. And we don't know how long they are. And there's probably a lot of stuff that they're never going to be able to talk about from stuff that they signed when they were like 16, 17 years old. So it's just like, it's a messy situation, but I'm glad that she's coming out to talk about it because it sheds some light on what they went through, at least at the very beginning. So it's interesting. She's. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. she's super great. And another person talking about it is also um, yeah. Sarah Lloyd. I know that she, she talked about it um, a bit. I mean, she was on, uh, was she on the same show? as? Um, yeah, the same year. Yeah. Um, actually, oh, I guess I, <laughs> and she was signed to Psycho, so she's, yeah, exactly the same as well. Yeah, yeah, and she, like, I know that she did a bit of, um, 
also with TikToks on the subject, just, you know, like, music kind of, like, shading the industry and just talking about the fact that they, uh, they, that they were basically asking her to, um, go around and, um, just make rumors of her with another guy that was already famous so that she could be mm-hmm. more famous, um, basically, well, I mean, just bearding, you know? Yeah, and um, she was married, I believe, and they still wanted her to, like, be in a relationship yeah. with someone else, which yeah, is crazy. Yeah, she was married, and that's why I think she, I think she also talked about it a bit. So, yeah, I think that's yeah. also super interesting. About what you said, Cass, about, like, um, I cannot remember the name of the person who dated Harry who talked about it. Um, but, Caroline Flack. Caroline yeah. Flack, yep. And it just also makes me think of um, Danielle, like Louis' friend that um, was dating him at some point. And yeah, Dan- Danielle also talked about um, the music industry and the fact that um, just, yeah, she she just wanted to stop. And at the beginning, she just wanted to help Louis, but then she realized that, like, how um far it was gonna go and so yeah that's why she decided to stop about it obviously she couldn't talk about everything but yeah like she she definitely talked about the fact that there was money included and just like yeah contracts and everything and just all of this um heaviness um around it that was just making her going crazy basically are you referring to danielle campbell yeah yeah. See, I, I, I saw somebody post recently and say that um, she said she spoke out about like dating Louie or whatever, and I feel like I remember it, but I'm also like I'm not able to find it, so I, I wasn't sure if that she really did. Or no if... one can find it. Yes, but we all remember it, which is the crazy part. So like it happened, unless we all like had a stroke at the same time. But no, no I, I feel like I've seen it too. Yeah. But I, but it, I've questioned my own sanity now because I can't right. find it. <laughs> and I, yeah, no. I do think Danielle is interesting because I, I know, and I'm going to say allegedly how I know this, but there are times when, you know, two celebrities may get signed into a PR stunt contract, whether it's bearding or not, and actually choose who they want their other person to be. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. kind of it's a compromise like they're like hey you have to do this like this is for your image this is for whatever it's for but we're gonna let you you know decide like who you want it to be with within reason you know Louie's not going to be like oh I want it to be Harry you know like it has to be for serving whatever purpose they want but I do think that's probably what that situation was like he picked a friend or someone he trusted and she was like wait this is way more deep <laughs> and probably like went a little too dark for what she signed on for but <sighs> yeah definitely all um like Daniel's situation apparently happened I mean um through yeah the research of a lot of persons what what happened was that um Louis started dating Daniel just after Brianna so because the, the the original idea I think was that um, Louis after he he had like this um, baby with um, Brianna we're not gonna talk about it but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, was supposed to stay with 
her, but he really didn't want it that, so he asked Daniel if um, they could date for a bit so that he wouldn't have to stay with her. So, I mean, it would make sense with, like, the compromise part because, I mean, the management already asked him a lot, so, um, yeah, it could have been a kind of compromise. And, yeah, a lot of person I know really love Daniel, like a lot of Larry's really love Daniel because, yeah, they think that yeah, just she's a great person and just try to help him as much as she could. Yeah. And, yeah. The same with, was it Tamara, who he, like, took to Glastonbury? I know that's a sensitive subject, but he took her to Glastonbury to also try to, like, sway the Brianna rumors. So I think... He probably did that, and then this is all a theory. I shouldn't go into theories, but this is all, you know, he could have did that to kind of set that off, and then they let him, you know, kind of choose. There's a lot of probably going back and forth for all these things, so. But. Definitely. If you're for whatever, for whatever reason an anti, and if you have any questions, um, please ask, because we'll answer. Yes. Like, don't, don't be shy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I want to go. You're looking for troubles. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Sam. Bye. Yeah, and I will answer any questions. Like, to anti-souls, people who just have no idea what we're talking about. Um, yeah. As long Definitely. as people come with, like, an open mind, you can completely disagree with every single thing I say. But, like, you know, I I like having conversations with people and kind of discussing like hard topics. So if people have questions, go for it. <laughs> Which is, it, it, that was a very big thing. I think, I think for all of us about making this podcast was to be able to have the ability to actually have a civil conversation and explain things that they might not know or that they might want to learn to understand, you know, more or why we view everything, how we view it. Um, so honestly, if you do have any questions, please ask. <laughs> yep, definitely. And that's for, and that's how I explained it to um, a lot of people. It's just like, yeah, even if you don't know anything about Larry, um, yeah, our podcast is supposed to be like pretty understanding for everyone. So yeah, understandable, probably. Yep. Um, so yeah, definitely. Ask questions if you have some. Um, and otherwise, Brett, feel free to go on if you have anything you want to continue talking about. Um, I think I kind of sped through everything because I was nervous. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's fair. <laughs> and I mean, Tina's is a big part, so. Yeah, but oh, I, I just wanted to say one thing. Um, yeah, so... Um, Tina said that we would, um, like, answer every question, and that is so true. And actually, one of our ideas, I don't know if I should really reveal it or not, but I mean, like, we're kind of in a safe place. I can always edit it. <laughs> so that just, like, stays between us. <laughs> and then just release it to the public. No, but, like, one of our ideas at the beginning of the podcast was to do a an episode which would be, like, a discussion with an end highs. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, with an end high. Um, which I think is, like, such an interesting, uh, topic and just, like, such an interesting way of, um, talking about Larry and just, like, you know, really, I think, 
um, dismantling and just, you know, uh, going super deep on a subject and just, yeah, kind of also thinking from an end timeline because I think that for a lot of us, maybe that now that we know about it since quite a long time, we, um, yeah, it, it maybe is kind of obvious to us, but um, it is certainly not to a lot of people. So yeah, if if you're an anti and you want to be a part of the podcast, feel free to fill the form. It's going to be a difficult one because like, I mean, obviously it would have to be an anti that is not like insulting us or anything. But yeah, that could be a great idea, isn't it? Well, I encourage you to fill it out because we really want to be able to have this conversation for you to like. Yes, please. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I think it's finding the right. It'll be interesting for other people to hear that too. Like, I know I'm the type of person that I, I'm skeptical about everything I see, even though I wholeheartedly believe it all. I always have to like second guess myself. Mm-hmm. every single day because I think it just keeps you Me kind too. of grounded because we're so in it that it's hard we have to like make sure that we're taking it all in so I think it's always good to kind of have those conversations as long exactly. as it stays civil otherwise I just block you so I'm putting yeah. that out there too I will <laughs> so. yep no just on that being this the whole skeptical side of things is something that we all mentioned when we were introducing ourselves in that um, you know, I don't know about everyone else here, but I will look at something and I will try and find another reason for it before I jump straight in and go yeah. 100% what that is because of everything that happens with it. And obviously, like you said, the whole skeptical side of things is that obviously we want to be sure we're not just going to go in and say if we're not 100% confident on it in that we have looked like I don't, I don't just jump in and look at something and that's my immediate thought in that you look at something and you make sure that there is the things that can't be explained and any other reason, you know? Right. Right. And I think it's, you can have, like, get excited about something right away. And I think that's different than, like, just fully believing it right away. And it's also, it's two people's lives that we're talking about. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're not trying to have fun, but it, it can be like a hard thing that they're going through that like we all see every day. So it is kind of, I hate using the word fun, but it's kind of exciting to like have this like fandom and group of people who do understand you and you can get excited about things. So I think there's a difference between like getting excited and then just like stating something as a fact, <laughs> like right away. So you know, it's, it's a, it's a balance. <laughs> exactly true and I join you on the skeptical part uh, also yeah I, I think like it might be too skeptical on things but at the same time I think it's good because as you said like just in it I think every minute well I mean I'm obviously also completely obsessed with Twitter but I mean like yeah I'm, I'm you know when you just get so much content from um Harry and Louie every day, especially now that they're on tour. Obviously, there will be um, rumors that will not be true or, um, yeah, thoughts that maybe will go a bit um, too out of the way. But, so, yeah, I think it's definitely important to just know it 
Um, and yeah, be skeptical. It's actually a good thing, I think. I mean, for me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm fully a skeptic. (laughs) (laughs) Probably to a fault. In all life. I meant that in terms of the entire world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Same. Yeah. My God. I've seen too much to not be a skeptic. Okay. (laughs) Yep. But that's why we also know that we can trust you, I think. It's like, I'm a rough person. Just like, you know, yeah, I think that, yeah, skeptical persons, you know, like, you can just trust them because you know that that, that they really, um, yeah, thought of it and just, like, kind of turned the problem in all of the different angles before choosing to believe the fact. <laughs> right, it's almost like having an open mind. Like, it's almost on the same sort of page as that, you know? Like, if you have an open mind, you're also looking at all different sides. And I think that's why... I've loved like almost everyone that I've met who like is hilarious because like they do like most people have like a very open mind to stuff outside of it as well because I feel like it takes that to kind of know what's going on and to kind of see it and so then you kind of just you take that into like your daily life so I went off on like a Larry loving tangent but it's true like it's it's very like open-minded loving people so Mm. there you go there's your my Larry, I said I was a Larry Stan earlier somewhere today on Twitter, and I am. And I meant that as I.E. Stan. A Stan of all of you guys. So. <laughs> Sorry, did my ramble break us? It's <laughs> <laughs> luck. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. No, exactly. It's one hundred percent what we're here for. Yeah, I think that Tina. Now we can hear the interesting part and just hear you oh. ramble even more. Yeah. about <laughs> yeah, how does closeting work and contracts work? Because I think that's yeah. really interesting subject that a lot yeah, of people I... don't know a lot about. And I feel like we've hit on a few things. So I'll try not. I could talk about this for hours. Um, like I said, if anyone has any like questions, feel free to ask yeah. at any point. But um, and this is just kind of a disclaimer too about contracts. Like we don't have any idea what's actually in Harry and Louis' contract or One Direction. But there's a lot of research out there. There's a lot of contracts that are very similar to theirs. I write contracts every day in my job. Um, it's a different type of contract, but it is something that I'm used to seeing. Um, and there's a lot of people in this fandom who are lawyers and like, and you and work in all different types of fields. And so it's kind of just like a culmination of like a bunch of research in the area that we can kind of come to guess. I don't want to say guess, but we can kind of have an idea of probably like what they have had in their contracts but in terms of how closeting works with contracts one of the biggest things I see get asked anytime closeting is brought up in a contract is that it's illegal or like you can't do that and they're like you can't closet someone with a contract and like kind of that is kind of true like it's not going to say like okay Harry Styles you can't say 
you're in the closet. Like you can't say you're gay. Like that's not what it's going to say in the contract. And we mentioned this earlier about image clauses and that's how they work in the closeting part into the contract is they work it into an image clause. So they have like a marketing team or a PR team um, in charge of their entire image and they're in complete control of these images. So once you sign that, they can have control of what is written in magazines for you. They have control of how the public views you, um, articles that are printed, you know, interviews that you do, things you can say. And it's not complete control. It's not like they don't have, like they're just puppets. Even though I did say I was a big NSYNC fan and they literally made themselves puppets at one point. So it does happen, but it's more, you can't break that image that they put there for you. Um, And there's morality clauses, which is kind of what we talked about a little bit with Harry's Better Homes and Gardens interview when he talked about the cleanliness clause and how he was scared to break it and scared to say things in interviews. Um, With the morality clause, if you break it, whoever wrote that contract for you can essentially term your contract, take back everything maybe that they paid you, if you had any sort of like record labels under your name, or not record labels, records under your name, songs, like they could essentially take all that back and own it. Plus, you could also owe money, you could be like charged later in the future. So there's just like a lot of risk with breaking that contract. And I think you'll find like a lot of musicians, if you look in interviews and things, or not even musicians, anybody in entertainment, um, will talk about how they were scared that it was going to ruin someone else that they were working with. So I mentioned Lance Bass again. He mentioned in an interview that he thought if he came out of the closet, he was going to, like, NSYNC was going to go down the drain. Like, he was going to ruin it for the rest of the band. And that's essentially what Harry was saying in Better Homes and Gardens. Like, there's a bigger group there that he's that he's there with. So like if he is to say something wrong and he essentially breaks that image clause that he's in, he breaks his image, he could break their contract, which would ruin all of their, all of their, everything that they've done as One Direction. You know, we don't know the exact terms of it, so it's hard to speak on it, but there is the kind of that fear there. Um, And with like the image clauses, it's also where they're, like Harry was, said to be, you know, dating older women and dating around. And he doesn't necessarily have to agree with that. He doesn't have to say he's in those relationships. I mean, I think most of us, if you don't know, like Harry's never actually admitted to any of these people being his girlfriends. Um, I think he called Camille his ex-girlfriend once. So it's not that they have to necessarily agree with everything that's said, but they can't say something that completely goes against that image that's portrayed of them so that's where like plausible deniability comes in that's where clear coding comes in that's where they kind of push these boundaries to have a little bit more freedom because as long as they're towing that line between this isn't going to break my image clause but this might show the people who can see it like what I'm actually trying to do so that's kind of like how closeting can actually work in terms of a contract like you just can't they are in complete control. When I say complete control, like complete control of your image. So um, it's it's crazy and it's a sad thing that they can do it. And I think that's, we talked about Rebecca Ferguson. She's trying to start 
an organization to where musicians can't be treated like this, but I think it's a long time coming. Um, but yeah, like I, uh, about the the image and what you talked about, like cleanliness mm-hmm. pauses, makes me think of like, you know, all the Disney channels, you know, like Superstar from like yeah. the 2000 and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that also for those people, you can just like see the cleanliness so, so well, you know, like, you know, in everything they were doing the way they were, I mean, dressed, even though sometimes when you see Zendaya's outfit, right. you're kind of like, okay, maybe you didn't have a, no. a personal stylist, but yeah, like, you, you got me about right. what I want to say. Like, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, it's something that you can see super well in on those kind of things. Um yeah, and so um, those cleanliness causes also mm-hmm. goes with like um, like talking about politics and all those kind of things. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's hard, especially with he called it a cleanliness clause. I'm used to it as like a morality clause. Yeah, but it's hard to it's hard to judge that too because you the terms of that might not be explicitly like written out in the contract, like what you can and cannot say. So they might tell you like, this is, you're supposed to be the the good boys. You're supposed to be, you know, available to all the girls. Like Harry, maybe you're going to get into our, our mom's demographic. So you're going to be dating older women. So it's kind of, they're given this image of what they're supposed to be. And that's why it's such a hard thing. And I think that's why it's confusing for people because they just get scared to say anything at that point. So it's like if I say something about politics or if I show that I'm in support of this, is that going to break my image clause? So it's like contracts are made to be complex. Like they're made to confuse people. (laughs) And I don't want to say that, but as someone who has people ask questions, it's also the person giving the contract is always going to kind of spin it in a way to make you feel like you're being taken care of and that they're doing this for you. So they're going to be like, Hey, if you, if you do this, you're going to break into more markets. If you follow these guidelines, we're going to be able to put your, your album out into the U S. So, I mean, it's a really good example with Louie in Dubai right now. Like there's, laws against homosexuality in like 70 countries still where like it's illegal in some sort and so if you have an artist who is openly queer it might be harder to push their albums in those countries it might be harder to get them to be able to tour in those countries and it's sad and it's awful but it's just at the end of the day it is still a business and so they just have to well they don't have to do anything but they do they market (laughs) it to make money And so they're looking at it as like, what markets can we get you in quicker? And so they'll tell them that, hey, like this is this is the image that you need to portray portray so we can get you into all these. You will be in front of so many more people if you act this certain way. Yeah. And so that's where that. Sorry, I just want to feel like it's so manipulative, because as you said, like Mm -hmm. they're, they're just taking they're just talking about contracts at first as something, you know, just for your own good. And as mm-hmm. then you realize that actually it's not the case. But, you yeah. know, like, um, her and Louie, and I mean, all of the Wendy's actually, 
were so young at that time um, that, yeah, you, I guess you never really know um, what it actually um, means to a certain extent. Right. Especially when you never experience any kind of celebrity. So, obviously, like, you, you're you hoping that people are going to take care of you and just, like, you know, take you by the hand and just mm-hmm. do you. Right. And that was another point that I was going to make was kind of like why people a lot of times are like, well, why sign into a contract like that? Or why are they still doing it? You know, like if they're in love, if they want to be together, like why are they still in these contracts, which why are they still in the contracts is a different subject, but like, why would you sign the contract in the first place is because this is one of the main ways, especially back in 2010 to break into something like the music industry. So as I mentioned, I was, a musician in the past and I switched out of that mainly because like you have to have talent but a big part of it is luck and a big part of it is signing with these big record labels because you will get your music out to more people that way and that's just how it's worked for so long and there's such a monopoly on it and so like when you have this contract in front of you that's like you're 16 years old and you have your dream like being handed to you on a paper, like you get to go on tour and make an album with your friends and like, we're going to pay you this money. Like you're not going to say no, you know, and they'll have people in the room probably that went over it with them. But those people, I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming that their families back then didn't have enough money to bring in their own lawyers. And I think Harry even hinted at that, that like he didn't know what he was signing in the Howard Stern interview. But you also like, the, the people that are brought in to help you go through the the contracts are working for the people that are issuing you the contract. So they're yeah. going to answer your questions, but they're always going to kind of spin them. They want you to sign the contract. Like, so, and I, I, I sound like a bad guy if I say this, but when I have people question things in my contracts, like I know how to like make them feel good about what they're signing. Um, and at the end of the day, like I do, contracts do protect you as well. So like it can protect you from bad PR. It can protect you from, you know, getting a lot of like scams or people that are trying to sh- like streaming's big now. So hopefully we can move away from the big record labels and people can go more independent. But it's a hard thing because that's why I said it could go on for like hours. So I try not to just like, because it's, it's such a crazy like world once you're in it too. And that kind of goes to one of the next points that get asked a lot um, from like anti-solos, people who don't know, they're always just like, well, they're free now. Like they're not under the same contracts. Like they're 30 years old. Like I get that all the time. Like they're 30 years old. They're adults. They're free men. Like they're not with psycho anymore. And especially with a contract coming from a show like X factor and these talent shows, a lot of these terms in these contracts, first of all, we don't know how long their contract is. It could be 20 years, like Rebecca said, but God, I hope not. But um, it could be five years, five albums. It could be, we don't know how long their contract really was for. But a lot of the terms in these contracts, even once the contract ends, it's called what's in perpetuity. And it's basically, it lasts forever. So there's certain terms in these contracts that even once the contract is done, you can't talk about those things. So we may never know what's in these contracts and they may never be able to talk about. That's a big part of why they can't just like come out of the closet. It's because they're still tied 
to these things they signed 10, 12 years ago. Like there's still tides to these and who knows when, or I mean, hopefully it's soon, but I don't think we really will ever know the full extent of anything that happened. So yeah, that's terrible. (laughs) Yeah. And it's in all of the universe. So a lot of these terms, even if they went to Mars, they still can't talk about it. So like the terms that are used in contracts are also so binding and so scary if you try to break it. I think it was Jojo, not Jojo Siwa, who that's another person who came out of the closet and then yeah, did not have his, her. Yeah, she like wasn't invited to the Kids' Choice Award and stuff like that. So I don't know. That's like a whole other thing. <laughs> but um, Jojo, the other Jojo, was in a battle with her contract or her record label for 10 years. And they told her to try to find another job because she was never going to be able to get out of this contract. And so she was locked up for like 10, not locked up, but she was locked in the contract for 10 years, like couldn't release music. She went on hiatus (laughs) and they, for 10 years, no new songs. She didn't own her voice and she won. So, I mean, it's great for her, but like Prince had a battle with his record label. He didn't win. So he just like shoved a bunch of music out towards the end. George Michael went to battle with Sony. He also didn't win his case. So like, it's really hard to break these contracts. And a lot of times it's not worth it because the amount of money that you're going to put out and the amount of time that you're going to spend and you could never be able to make music. And you can tell with Louie and Harry that like, Music is their passion. So, like, yeah. for them to not be able to make music, it's probably not worth the risk to get out of the contracts. So, unless they plan on taking the music industry down, which I am all there for. So, mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, definitely. Right. And, and I think also, um, yeah, what I wanted to say was that, um, first of all, yeah, music is definitely their passion. I don't think it's worth the risk. I mean, for them. Mm-hmm. And also because it's pretty much the only thing they have experienced is being closeted so I think and that's sad to say but I think they kind of got used to it I mean they know how it's working and everything so yeah yeah. that's a very 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 sad truth uh I think that everyone really wants them to be free um yeah and they also do but it's true that um, like we never know what might happen if they just speak out right. you know, or just do anything. So, yep. And that's true also that, you know, like, Sony's is such a big company. It's huge. And, like, yeah, like, big is not even the word to describe it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's absolutely, like, um, horrendously just, like, yeah, it's it's it's, like... Yeah, it's such a big part of the music industry and just like mm-hmm. in general, you know, like in the entertainment industry, like it, it's such a big part that even like an artist like Harry Styles, and I think that a lot of persons believe that, you know, like Harry Styles, because he's Harry Styles, can break everything, you know, like he can just mm-hmm. talk and it's just going to go away. But actually even him, he cannot bring them down. Like no one yeah. could. I think... I think it could happen, but I think it's going to take a lot of people. And I honestly kind of think there are a lot of people who are working on it 
behind the scenes. Like I fully believe that. I think with just the amount of musicians that have came out and started speaking a little bit more candidly, like yeah. it could happen. It would just have to, it would have to be big. Like it would have to be like multiple people. Yeah, Harry on his own, he could try and he could probably he could make a big dent in it. But then at what at what extent for him, you know, like and why is it on their shoulders to kind of do that? you know so mm-hmm. it's definitely but agree on the fact yeah. that a lot of people are working on it behind the scene um lady gaga when she liked the tweet about harry mm. and mm-hmm. um jeff azoff that was Huge. super loud to me super yeah. big i mean if lady gaga spoke up about it i mean i'm not trying to rank the celebrities but you know it's lady gaga it's kind of like if Beyonce came out and said something, you know, and Harry's right. getting to that tier as well. Like he's clearly like he just moved up to stadiums. So I think what you said, Tina, is true. Like it's possible, but it's kind of like Britney Spears, you know, she's yeah, going to talk about her. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. yeah, she's like she's she's made her mark, but at what cost? you know yeah her life yeah you know and it's like what at the end of the day like they're still humans so it's like if he wants to go off and live his life and have a family you know this might not you know it's hard and I think um when you when you said that they get comfortable I think we've definitely I think Louis has exhibited that a lot um especially just bringing Eleanor back I think like, during the Danielle and the Tamara, like, that that time, maybe he kind of was fighting it. But now, I think him kind of, like, getting comfortable with music and finding his, like, lane in that. And just all of it, it's kind of the same as Harry. You know, like, they, like you said, that music is their passion. But mm-hmm. if he can bring Eleanor back and be comfortable with the stunt... I guess that's kind of like the price they have to pay, sadly. Right. And that's that's something that you've seen a lot with, like, closeted musicians in the past. And the reason that they don't come out usually until, like, they're in their 40s or later or much later is because when they're at the height of their career, it's usually not worth it. Or they're just not allowed or they'd lose their career or they would go bankrupt. Um they usually wait until their career has died down. They wait until their contracts are done. They wait until they don't have everything on the line. Yeah. And then they can come out. I don't want to say easier. It's never easy, but like, you know, it's a little more, they don't have as much that's that they're losing if they lose like their entire fan base and their record contracts and all of this. So, um, but with the, cause you mentioned Eleanor coming back. I do think, I do think they're kind of working on a longer term plan. Like I think we'll know after like their tours are done because going back to kind of contracts and terms that are in contracts is there oftentimes other requirements that are in there. So it's not just like a length of time, but it's like, you know, they have to have three albums and three tours or make a certain amount of money. And usually they make money from the tours and walls was still under psycho so like 
he hadn't toured that yet. So if that is part of his contract was to tour it, obviously we don't know. But like if part of his contract was to tour that album, that might be why his second album hasn't came out. Like they might be waiting for that. Harry, that might be why he's doing all of his residencies, you know, is just to kind of, that's what Prince did. Prince could have pushed out a bunch of music and, you know, got out of his contract. I don't know if that's what it is. We won't know until all of this is done. But it could also be that, like, they're working behind the scenes slowly, like, for a plan. So, yeah. Or it could be that they're enjoying their private life and they've just kind of came to terms with, like, we're going to do our music on one side and have our private lives on the other, which, you know, I'm sure we would all love to see them have their freedom, but. We just don't know. It's just like waiting. So, yeah, I wonder that too because, you know, I think Harry has spoke out about it a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he sings about being open. He appears open. You know, we know that he's, you know, in a glass closet. We can, you know, use that term. But mm-hmm. he also has spoken out a lot about how he's always been a people pleaser. He's always wanted everyone to like him. Right. You know, and that it didn't stop when he was younger. He was an attention seeker and he's an entertainer. So, you know, we don't know how deep it goes really for just how he feels personally about even coming out or, you know, letting feeling like he's going to let people down at any capacity. Which is, you know, sad because we want him to be you know his true self and I think that he is you know yeah I don't think he's ever really putting on a facade but like you said he's not gonna say he's not gonna use the terminology unless he can right legally do yes yeah um and that also kind of the same thing I know you guys did like a Olivia I don't even want to say it all out but this is a safe space right but like yeah (laughs) you did an episode on it and that's one big thing with like like, people are like, oh, well, if if it's so bad, like, why would Harry be with it? Or he's forced to be. And it's, like, a lot of times with these, like, stunts and bearding and stuff like that, like, we don't know what the other option is. So, like, yeah. this could have been the best option for them. Their two teams came together. And once you sign that contract, there's a specific length of time for it. And I do think it wasn't supposed to be that long. That's just from yeah. kind of things that you could have seen that happened You know, like, you can kind of tell that, like, I think things shifted. And so I don't think, I think it got renegotiated. I really do. And so now it's just going until probably, like, towards the movie. We won't know, hopefully soon. But, um, like, you don't know what the other option is. So, like, that could have been in order for him to do My Policeman or another project or in order to just kind of have his private life and in order for Louis to release the music that he does with like such like loud lyrics and stuff like that like they might just have to have these you know PR scents and beards and and they're also like super common like almost every relationship you see in Hollywood is fake in some sort of way even if they're a real couple like yeah they've they've normalized it yeah and you know sorry Oh, no, I was just going to say, they're stunting even as normal couples just to get their names out there. Yeah, so, like, yeah. it's all, it's all a facade. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I also gave the, uh, Amy asked me, uh, to be a speaker. I don't know if you want to say anything, jump in the discussion or not, maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. My, what I was going to say has gone by. 
I'm like way back, <laughs> like 10 minutes back. But I was just going to say <laughs> that um, they, I really do see them um, making a huge change in the music industry. And not just that, like a whole bunch of people. Like, mm-hmm. I think this is the time to say something. Like, you know, there's so mm-hmm. many um, people who kind of coming out individually. But if everybody did it, like, more in a group with bigger names, I think mm-hmm. it would make a huge difference. I really do. So, it probably yeah. won't be, like, I mean, it's not going to be, like, oh, overnight, going to change. But, like, something has to happen in order for that to happen. You know, they have to have, like, a big, you know, basically, like, blow-off type thing. And then things will kind of, like, trickle down is what I believe. But, so. No, I... I completely agree. And I think like even with like like the George Michael documentary coming out, like even things being exposed from like it doesn't have to be something yeah. that's happening right now, but like yeah. they're exposing things in the industry like every single day more and more. So uh-huh. I do think change is happening. It's just like it's not gonna be one person, like you said. Like we but I do think at the same time well, like even the past, you know, just like you right. said, you know. Yeah. People are learning more about Michael Jackson and they're learning exactly. more about like all Prince. the other, I mean, even NSYNC mm-hmm. and Backstreet Boys. I mean, like, mm-hmm. but anyway, sorry, but just like so much just kind of like collecting together. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, I think even with Harry, like alone, like we say that it's not on his shoulders, but he's already speaking out more and more every day. All of them are. They've all talked in interviews about how, you know, they were controlled at some point or another, and they're all getting a little more candid about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you see, yeah. So I think it's happening. I think it's just. I think slow. Harry's going to be a huge. I say this all the time. I think he's going to be a huge factor. <laughs> yeah. I say it all the time. So I agree. Yeah. I don't like to put that pressure on him. I don't like, either. <laughs> I think he, he's such an advocate for so many things. And he believes in it so much that like, I think he's ready. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's ready to make a change. I do. I, see that I do think but both of them are and mm-hmm. and that's saying what you said Amy like uh about like the after they will um come out and just speak about what is happening and everything um yeah like uh we we also were thinking about doing an episode on that like what what would happen if they would um come out eventually uh-huh. um, I mean I think I think too many people put See, I, I have a lot of opinions, sorry. <laughs> I think too many people put pressure on them on coming out. Like, yeah. I mean, I love their relationship. I mean, I fell in love with their love, but I think too many people have, and sometimes they lose that, like, they're two individual people who, mm-hmm. it's their lives. You know, like, it's all good when we jump on, you know, Twitter or whatever, and, or watch their videos on YouTube. But it's not our lives, you know, like right. I, it, they've helped me a lot. I mean, they've they've been a part. They're still part of my life and they've helped me a lot. But it's not my life. Like, I don't live their life, you know, like yes. so if they do not, I think they want to. But if they do not or they don't, they're not going to come out. I think what people want them to come out like, yeah, I don't, you know, like they don't have to, like, you know, be parading around like these other sons. Like, I mean, like, I don't think they're going to be in the same interviews you know, every interview, you know, flirt. I mean, because, like, you grow up, you know, but, like, so we're right. not going to have what we had when they were younger. I mean, it's just not going to happen. But, like, 
not, I mean, I'm not saying they don't love each other. I mean, they're very much in love. They, I mean, obviously they made it through all this, but like, I just would hope that you would see them sometimes at their awards, you know, shows right. or, you know, visually being able to see them um, be proud and happy, you know, for each other or like, even, you know, just things like that or bring him up. Like there's been a couple of times where like, I love when the interviewers, cause I know what's going on. will bring something and yeah. then you, I'll, how they respond, you know, just kind of, they get like all like blush or they get, you know, their cheeks get a little red or they, you know, just yeah. it's cute. But like, you know, you won't have to be as cryptic anymore. You know, and that's what I'm someday if they can talk, that's what I'm looking for. Right. You know, in my opinion. But. And I do think hopefully that like, even if they can't like say that they've been together for 12 years, like maybe they legally can't say that, but I do hope there's a point when like they can at least be together, you know, and they don't have to expose everything in the past, but they can like, yeah, like you said, like go to award shows together and just be at least out of the legal part of it where they can't like go to dinner, you know, like we don't need to see their daily life, but like if he wants, if Harry wins or maybe Louis wins a Grammy this time, if Louis wins a Grammy, Harry can stand up and clap for him. So that's what I'm manifesting. Yeah. I think it's gonna happen. Or if they want to like be at the war, like if I mean, they want to be at a concert and they want to be in the and they can wave. I'm like, you know, they don't have to hide. Right. You know, like yeah, you know how like when um oh what the twins with Louis crap the right. young one, Ernest and, oh yes yeah and she she took Louis's hand and like walked him up to the window and wanted them yeah. to that was just too precious. Where like they don't have to hide in window. You know, like they don't have to like, you know, if they don't want to, they don't have to like, you know, be all secretive and be up on the, you know, way top, you know, in the rafters or whatever. So Right. I mean And they don't have to have PR stunts and beards and stuff anymore, you know? They can just like okay, they're together. Yeah. I have a um (laughs) a question. This is it's kind of off topic, but it, it just reminded me of it because I I definitely want the same thing that like all of you want. Like, I don't, I don't ever think we're going to get them like going on paparazzi walks, like after all of what they've been through together, you know? Right. And no, I, I want the same thing, but I do like, I miss them being asked about each other in interviews when it wasn't invasive, when it was cute. And like, you know, what do you think about Harry's new haircut? Dunkirk, mm-hmm. all, you know, mm-hmm. those moments. I like those. Um, what do you think happened to stop those moments because I think what it's been like since 2017 that we've gotten those and I'm just curious like what do you think that's hard because you you could definitely see a shift and I know a lot of people talk about um oh my god why did the word just slip my brain like damage control and stuff like that or like that all of a sudden I mean it could be that they just told interviewers that they can't ask about them anymore. It could be as easy as that. Whenever you go into an interview, there are questions that you're not allowed to ask. So it could just be completely off the table. Um, It could be, I don't want to, you know, it could be that their relationship got more serious. I don't know. Like maybe they want to, yeah, like maybe their relationship got to a different level and, you know, it was, or it's harder to hide 
or maybe they just didn't want to have the pressure on them. It could come from Louie and Harry themselves. You know, it could be that yeah. like they can't answer it in the way that they want to. So they just don't want to be asked, you know, because that would be hard. Like if I was asked about my like my partner and I'm not allowed to like express myself in the way I want, I'd be like, OK, well, then just don't ask me about him. You know, I don't know. Yeah, that's that true. Is, but that could yeah, be definitely. part like, of it. And, so. and I think they, they had to just lie about all of it for such a long so time. Much. That, yeah, yeah. yeah, that then yeah, and... they have a bit more control over it. Maybe that they do prefer not being yeah. asked about it, and especially yeah. if they can't answer the way they want. Then they're like, yeah. I was just gonna say it's just so like I hate hearing like those moments. Like I mean, none of us know for sure, but we're pretty positive. Like with the mm-hmm. Clifford incident, you know, and <laughs> and Harry's like initial reaction is to say oh he doesn't live here like first of all how do you know the dog's a guy a boy (laughs) he doesn't you know it's just the whole thing is just and I hate hearing him have to act like that so you're probably right he probably doesn't want to deal with it right he he can't lie right he said himself too that he's he was scared I know he also said he felt like he had more freedom with his new contract and I do think his new contract is probably gives him a little more freedom but he still probably has those same like nerves about messing up and saying the wrong thing in interviews. Like you can tell he's a very like, Oh yeah. Nervous, like, shy person. So it's like, he's so not slow. good at those things. <laughs> no. So, but, and, that- um, going back to that whole question thing. If you think about it, why would you want to answer a question that you can't even answer truthfully? So it'd exactly. be like, why not, like, why would I even answer this? Because, like, I can't say the, you know, truthful, you know, the whatever, the truth anyway, so. Right. That just dawned on to me. Yeah, Right. Like, but. even Louis being asked about Dunkirk, like, I love, like, those moments, but you could also tell, like, it wasn't, it wasn't what he wanted to say. At least oh. he was able to say, like, oh, my God, I'm so proud of him, you know, like, yeah, you know, it, it's great, but you could also tell that, like, like, he probably wanted to, like, gush in that moment about, oh. like, just how proud he was. But, so that is hard. How though. If you know, because, like, they just, you can't, they can't hide their faces right. in there. <laughs> yeah. I find, like, you have to be, you know, a Larry or, like, someone who kind of knows them. Like, the general That's public true. has no idea. But, yeah. like, you could just tell that he was gushing. I mean, just yeah. by, yeah. like, his body language and his facial expression. But, yeah. Yeah, but so, you could tell in that moment. Like that's one of my favorite because it, it is those it's, my favorite moments when they kind of like. I mean, it's not good; they're caught off guard, but then they're cute. Like it's cute though because then mm-hmm. they, it's a genuine reaction. You know, they yeah. weren't expecting it, so that was just all real. But, yeah, like the haircut one. The haircut was very. Oh, that was adorable. Like, yes. yes, yes. So I think that could be, you know, part of it is they just can't control their their emotions enough. So yeah. Um, I will also say we mentioned something about like having to lie all the time. I'm bringing up Lance Bass again. Like you guys, I like had fan clubs. Like I was, oh, I was a very big and sync fan. Oh, so, I was too. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, yeah. I so Lance Bass also said in an interview that he had a lot of friends and family who were mad at him when he came out about like all the lies that he had said for so many years, mm-hmm. and it also like it made it harder for him even when he like came out to like talk about it and to like talk to his like his family and friends because he had just had to like he was like wound in like so many lies and all sorts of things I think his is a little bit different because 
he didn't come out like in a relationship. I don't think him and Michael were together yet, but so it wasn't like he was hiding a relationship. He was just hiding part of him, which isn't any better, but it's still kind of that same thing where like they've had to lie for so long that it's Mm -hmm. probably just exhausting. So they're just like, you know, I don't want to lie anymore. So just only ask me about my music, (laughs) but I don't know. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. And then it makes me wonder, like, you know, well, I think it's kind of apparent that, um, you know, the people around them know about it, but then they Mm -hmm. have to lie and you kind of feel bad for, I think that their family kind of takes it upon themselves to do things sometimes because to take the load off of them. But like, who is that guy? Um, Ollie Murs. Mm -hmm. I think it's Mm -hmm. obvious. Ollie knows Mm -hmm. uh, Nick Grimshaw. You know, people like that, they know, but they also have had to say things that, like, I don't agree with. Like, uh, Roman Kemp clearly knows, but I've also seen him report on stuff that I'm like, come on, dude. Right. That's not cool, you know, because you know the truth, but that's his job. It's also part of his job. Yeah. The amount of stuffed up as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also Which I think puts them in a bad situation exactly he might not want to but he you know so it's a tough situation but it is interesting that you know i think the timing is interesting of um james and nick um leaving their shows like at the same time Uh yeah and now both hanging out with niall yeah i don't know there's there's something interesting about that's why there's there's a lot of stuff going on that just like doesn't seem I don't want to say normal but like there's a lot of like little things that are happening that make me feel like well it all is coming up. to an end yeah. yeah they're on the same page <laughs> yeah they're moving I to say in the same direction oh my god yeah yeah <laughs> they're all going in one direction yes they're all going in one direction they're back I wanted to ask you a question maybe but I don't yeah. know if you would be able to answer it do you think that you know like we can see that harry obviously is a lot um freer in a way Mm -hmm. and you know being able to wave flags and everything so do you think his contract changed or or did it he had like a new one or something like that and do you think that louis contract also changed or do you think it's um i think and i've kind of seen this happen before where like the contract I do think he signed a new contract just with you know Columbia itself but on like his image changing I think it started to happen in one direction like you could kind of see that in like 2014-2015 he was able to say you know his little remarks and interviews and stuff and like wave the pride flags even when he was in there and he started to kind of just you could tell that it was changing. Like you could tell that like his image was changing. And I think it could be from like a marketing perspective as well. So they may have just allowed him to be a little more free because they realized that it was catching on and they realized that, and this sucks to say like, but at the end of the day, it is still money. And if they saw that, like, you know, not all of them were going to be allowed to do that. But if like, people were enjoying that part of Harry's personality and they slowly letting be a little bit more himself and it was catching on and people were loving it, then they're going to let him do it a little bit more. So I don't know if it's necessarily that like the contract changed, but I think they just 
saw it as not being like not being problematic his personality should not be problematic but you know what I mean like it's kind of they can use it and it's it's that back to that manipulation thing and back to the money at the end of the day if they can use it then you know that could be part of it so yeah and um a lot of people like a lot of the fans in one direction are queer kids so Mm -hmm. they noticed that obviously they saw it at the shows and all of the fans putting the projects together it was a huge thing so you know it was relatability exactly yeah the rainbow direction and all of that you know like it was they were seeing that happen and um I kind of I I almost think Louise may have changed in the opposite direction when that happened because they wanted to you know balance it out so yeah it's hard for like Harry to go completely one direction. Oh my God. I keep saying one direction. I'm not meaning to, but him to go like to one extreme, not even an extreme. It was like barely letting him be a school self. But then you have, you know, if Louie was also allowed to do that, then it would just spark everything back up that they tried to hide for so long. So I think like they probably, that's also, you know, Louie signed back on with psycho. I do think all the people who say that like Louis kind of took one for Harry and for the rest of One Direction, I do think he did. Like I think he signed yeah, back on in order that. to, yeah, in order to release them, because the yeah. timing just works out. Like you can kind of, I mean, you can just tell that like that's probably what happened. Is he? Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say that it was very much a, um, a situation where Louis was told, you know, his freedom or yours, right? Um, like, he gets to do this, but you have to do this to counteract that. Like, who would you prefer to be able to be who they are? Yeah. I read a theory one time, and I don't know. It just stuck with me. I don't know if I believe in it or anything. But that they wanted Harry to be the one that went through, like, a whole baby gate kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that Louie took it for him. And I don't know yeah. if that's true, but, like, ever since I read it, like, I cannot get that out of my brain. And then, like, him writing Kiwi and, like, all the stuff that came after it, just, like, I was, like, wow, okay, maybe, maybe Louie really took, took a lot of the heat. And it sounds, that's the kind of person Louie is, too. Like, he takes care of everyone and, like, has such a big heart that, like, I know he would do something like that, so. He would. Now that you're saying it, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> right? I know. It, it does. Know. <laughs> it's actually crazy. <laughs> yeah, because, like, it would go so well with Hare's image to mm-hmm. just be the one going through a baby game. Yeah, right. I think like, beginning, it seems like they were just trying to cover up um, Louis' sexuality with Eleanor. Mm-hmm. But then, you're right, it does seem, because they were throwing on girlfriends and the older, like, the womanizer image... Right. And for anyone to, like, get anyone pregnant or do any of that, it would have made more sense for it to be Harry. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So. That's a part that I don't think we'll ever know. But no. maybe we will. I hope yeah. not. <laughs> I hope it does. I hope it doesn't get that far. No. I mean, I hope, I kind of hope we get an entire, if I got, like, all my manifestations came true, we'd get, like, an entire expose on everything that happened. Okay. I mean, there's, like, the Lou Perlman story came out, Britney's had one, George Michael, 
Like there's so many doc, like the Jared Leto and third, um, oh, 30 seconds to Mars. Like there's so many documentaries that I hope that's what Charlie's working on. Right. And James Corden <laughs> ending um, his show. Uh, yeah. yeah. it can't go back to what it was like if you have all these documents like Mm -hmm. documentaries um like if they do if they start making a difference which i really do think they're going to but Mm -hmm. like you know 50 60 who knows how long you know down the road they have these be like no we can't go back to what that was so i think this and especially with one direction there's like so many things happening. You have Crosby, yeah. you have Baby Gate. I mean, there's so many things that they can, like, you know, it's pretty much thrown everything in there. So, like, if you oh, have, yeah. you know, something to just say, this is how it was, this is how it went, this is why, you know, this happened. You know, I think it's something that will help prevent it going backwards. Like, right. now, look at with the, you know, laws just go backwards. It's insane how they can just, like, they start going one way, and all of a sudden they start going the other. So, what does say that down the road it doesn't happen you know so right. like i just think it'd be great if they can say what they can you know and i know right. they'll say whatever they can i mean there's none of them like you said all of them are talking out with what they can mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. more and more when they can say more they're going to do it but that's just right. my two cents so but i and think I it's know, benefit people yeah and i was about to say like hey if there's a sony person that ever listens to this and i know they love money they could turn it in their direction too. So like they could say like, Hey, like we realized like all this is going on and we're going to make a difference because streaming is taking over. They're going to start losing more and more money. Like people are coming out with independent labels. They're self-releasing albums. They're going on tour by themselves. Louie has a management company. Harry has, you know, Erskine records. And so like, I might've said that wrong, but whatever. So like they could turn it into their favor before streaming completely takes over and kind of correct their wrongs. I don't know how they would do that, but like if they wanted to, like we could tear down the industry and they could still build it back up in a different way and use it in their favor, you know? So Mm -hmm. I don't want that to happen. I want them to kind of just like crumble, but yeah, it could, you know, if it's the least we could get, you know, it could kind of go in a different direction too, and kind of well, they could that, use it. That's the big goal is just to have it, whatever, however they can take it a different direction. That's what you do. You know, I mean, to have it crumble, yes, would be awesome. But I don't know. I think sometimes you can't be so picky. You just kind of have to. What you can do to switch it, you just do. But yeah, yes, exactly. Do we have a speed round question? Oh my so, god, we do it. not. Why am I so dumb? I'm, no. I'm gonna look it. I think I just take on their like mannerisms a lot. Like I start to like laugh like them. They go. Why don't we explain what bits we've picked up from them? Oh yeah, that that is a good thing. That is a great thing. Okay. Tina, you can start then if you already started. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely I found myself laughing like Harry recently because he does like a <laughs> okay, I can't do it. This isn't a visual <laughs> podcast, but like he has like a very specific like laugh that he does. Um, I do say London's quite big a lot, and yeah, people have no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about, and I don't know why that one always gets stuck in my head. But I'm like London's quite big, and they'll just look at me and they're like, "What are you?" You're like, 
you make no sense. And I'm like, I make sense to lots of people, just not the people I am around right now. So I feel <laughs> I have someone at work named Liam and every time someone tries to speak to him and they say, excuse me, Liam, I have to repeat oh. it. <laughs> That's a good um, one. But I guess my, my habits, I've noticed I, de- I definitely do Harry's um, nose scrunch and the swipe oh, yeah. the time. Um, and now whenever I drink something, mainly water, I hold it in my mouth like Louis does. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I got this thing from Louis, which is just like, or I just um, pronounce words with his accent without even like thinking of it. Yeah. Like, we were talking with Sam about, like, saying proper all the time, which is not something I would say on a normal basis. But I'm I'm just always like, oh, this is a proper thing. And I was just like, Louis got me. Yeah. <laughs> I do that a lot, too, especially because I don't have anywhere near a British accent. So I just start saying random things in a British accent. Like tattoo. Yeah. Tattoo. But also, also. And I I often, a lot of times, say it's just a boat. And that's not even, like, a big inside joke. But I just love the way that Harry said that. And he's like, it's just a boat. So I I say that a lot. Whenever something's just, like, I'm trying to evade the question, I'll be like, it's just a boat. (laughs) I'm exposing my weirdness to the world, but it's fine. (laughs) No, that's fine. You know... Harry and Louis' hands are a bit special. And I rub my eyes in public, and I think I look really cute like Harry does. And I know I don't. So (laughs) I'll, like, be really tired, and I'm like, oh, I bet I look like cute, tired Harry. And I'm like, no, you don't. You look like you have allergies. Your baby's the remote. Yeah. (laughs) I had a a friend ask me, like, for relationship advice – or like something like something they could say like to sum up like what they wanted to do with that person and <laughs> I totally said why don't you just tell them like hey I'm not perfect you're not perfect if you just don't <laughs> do a lot of fun things with me that Harry quote and they used it and they loved it that's amazing <laughs> it worked great and they have no idea that it's from Harry though <laughs> that's crazy no, and then you just have some ones that are like Niall shouting potato. Or I do a lot of um, fly, awaken. That one is good. Mine's always, thank you, Niall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's you, my Niall. I don't know why, that's my favorite. Oh, um, no. talked about that before. Yeah, thank you, Niall. I do that a lot. You're right. Good one. Good one. That's a good one. Where I go, pop, sugar, pop, pop. Yeah. Do all the lyric changes? When we're listening to the One Direction songs? Yes. I think so. Yeah. And, and like, also backup vocals, you know? Yeah. <laughs> doing that. They're just doing all voices at the same time. Mm-hmm. And or with, the- like... Background. Yeah. And saying what they say, like, in their concerts. Like, I can't yeah. sing Fearless now without saying, Give it up for the fucking band. Like, I say that every time. And I'm sorry for my British accent. That was really bad. But I I have to shout it. I'll shout it in my car and everywhere. 
Oh. I love how how many people do the you sing line oh, yeah. for Harry. Like that warms my heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even the okay after I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, everyone's doing it now. It's just it's so cute. <laughs> yeah. So, um. That's it for today. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Larry Weekly. We hope you've learned something new. Um, if you want to be a part of the journey, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, um, and YouTube at the Larry Weekly to keep up with all podcast-related news and exclusives. Um, remember to fill out that guest form if you guys want to be able to do the same thing that Tina's done today. And thank you, Tina, for joining us. It was a great one. Um, I loved everything that you had to say. <laughs> um, but see you all next Friday for a new refill.